Are you an investigative professional? Have you heard about the investigatorstoolbox.com? Check out this exclusive online community for networking, learning, and data resource management. The Toolbox is a one-stop shop for all your investigative needs. Check out our robust collection of forums, our comprehensive learning page, and our expansive library of OSINT research tools. We've just released an app for both iOS and Android, so you can access the site seamlessly right off your phone. We have also partnered with some amazing companies like Crosstracks, Delpoint, IRB, ScopeNow, the Hetherington Group, PI Magazine, PI Gear, Merlin Locate Services, Paravin, the PI Institute of Education, and so many more. They're offering over $1,250 worth of discounts and benefits exclusively to community members today. Use code PIP201836 and save 10% on your membership. That's www.investigators-toolbox.com. Crosstracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with Crosstracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that they're encryption system is second to none and you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that and they have so you know with certainty your data is being protected i don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 type 2 certification as you guys know i've been uh, you know singing the praises of cross tracks and uh, i really believe in this product and i believe you should check it out Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. Tally is celebrating its 50th annual conference next month in Fort Worth, Texas. Tally President Catherine Torres will join us next week to tell us all about it. You can learn more at tally.com. That's T A L I.com. Just click on the conference button. So welcome to this week's show. Today, we visit forensics expert, Mark Gillespie. Mark was a featured speaker at the most recent Alley Conference in San Antonio and brought a wealth of experience and knowledge on the topics of forensics. He was also a great sport as a volunteer for Pistol Packing Paula. Yeehaw. Now folks, you'll find no better expert in the forensics field than Mark. So please welcome Mark Gillespie and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. We are on episode 101. So uh, I figured today we do a 101 on forensics. I was recently in Texas at a uh, Anali event and saw an amazing presentation from Mark Gillespie. So I reached out to Mark and uh, asked him to come onto the program. So Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, you were actually a, a guinea pig for uh, pistol packing Paula. Uh, <laughs> you were dragged up on stage and I was very happy to see that you made it out in one piece. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> the it was fun. Your, the look on your face was priceless. <laughs> Kelly Riddle was trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I think he has for quite quite a number of years. But, uh, he always got has pranks up his sleeve. Yeah. Well, your pedigree is pretty impressive, man. You've been in this business for a while. You, you're a former president uh, of the Texas Association. 
your professor, you've taught at several universities, and you got this great business and, and you come out of law enforcement where you uh, had, had done a lot of forensic work. So tell me a little bit about your background, a little more in detail, and how you got into this line of work. Sure. Well, I started off, I, I uh, began my career in the Air Force as a special agent. Uh, I was officer and a special agent with Air Force Office of Special Investigations. Uh, OSI was something I always dreamt of doing. Uh, you know, as soon as the $6 million man came out on TV, right. yeah. of course, you're too young to even remember that. I remember. <laughs> I'm not that young. <laughs> but uh, I had the opportunity to get assigned with OSI, became a special agent, awesome. and I spent a career uh, with OSI. I loved it. I commanded a number of investigative units around the world. In OSI, you know, we were formed by the FBI in 1947. So we, our mission mirrored the, the mission of the Bureau with, right. you know, crimes against property, people, white collar crime, counterintelligence, counterespionage. I uh, retired in 1996. I was offered an opportunity with the Austin Police Department to become their first civilian forensic director. Right. And uh, so I took an early retirement from the Air Force, and which they were offering at the time, which I was fortunate to uh, take advantage of. So I, I became the forensic science director for APD, and that was a very wonderful job, very challenging. Basically, built it from well, it, it had existed, but it had been operated by a police commander for many, many years. Right. The police commanders, their their primary job was the Blue Santa program, APD golf tournament. So as a result, forensic science at Austin Police Department didn't get much yeah. attention. Kind of backseat, you would guess, right? Uh, wrong, right. Wrong, wrong person running that department. So I, uh, when I took over, I basically got several million dollars worth of funding over a couple of years, created a crime scene unit, established the DNA lab modernized equipment and our capabilities. Did that for about seven and a half years. I taught for St. Edwards University. I actually introduced the forensic science courses to St. Edwards University here in Austin. It's a small, private, expensive Catholic school. That was in 2002. And once I started teaching courses there, the interest was just phenomenal. Right. So it was getting a lot of attention by the uh, administration, which led me to help establish a forensic science undergraduate degree program with emphasis on crime scene investigation. I created that, helped create that, taught courses, forensic science courses, criminal investigation courses, did that for about eight years. And while I was teaching, I started my company in 2004. Okay. Probably the hardest thing I did as a new PI was trying to figure out what my company name was going to be. <laughs> and uh, I settled with my last name, Gillespie yeah. Investigations. Yeah, Paul Jabe would be very angry with you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Don't, don't and let's, let's not tell him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I started off doing, you know, doing everything because as right. an OSI agent, I was trained to do everything. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so I didn't want to specialize. I didn't want to... Uh, focus on, you know, one or two investigative areas. I wanted to do it all. Right. And um, so I did it all. And it wasn't until about 
2009 when I uh, started doing criminal defense investigations. So I, uh, I I really enjoyed that. I have a passion for uh, criminal defense and helping people who need, you know, my skill, my expertise, my experience. Sure. Um, and so I, I, I basically found my niche in uh, criminal defense investigations and just kind of honed my skills there and uh, focused on that. I still did a lot of other things, you know, like uh, cheating spouse uh, backgrounds, but predominantly it was criminal defense. And I had a number of high profile cases and uh, got some good, uh, good results on some exonerations or acquittals. Uh, which was very rewarding. Right. And um, so I've just been doing that ever since. I didn't, right. Do you ever do anything with the Innocence Project at all or no? Well, you know, um, I have not. Uh, I, I've, uh, I've, I've wanted to. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe at some point in the future that I can. Right. Um, but, I mean, I've been so busy with so many of my, you know, criminal defense cases. Most of them are or uh, murder, capital murder, right. uh, you know, you know, serious sexual assaults, aggravated sexual assaults, aggravated robberies. And, and, and I really enjoy that. So, right. uh, but the innocence project is, uh, is something I wouldn't mind assisting yeah. with at some point in time. Yeah. It's very admirable. I mean, it's not my line of work. I don't really do it, but I've, I've talked to a couple of people on the, the show here that have been uh, involved with it. Kitty Haley most recently um, was right. on, we were chatting about it and that's, uh, it's very admirable. It's a very, uh, very cool thing. And uh, yeah, you certainly have a wealth of experience <laughs> in doing, you know, forensics and, and defense work and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, so your operation now, is it just you or do you have a group of guys and, and gals that work with you or, or well, it's, just a solo? It, I, I have a core group of about, uh, I have I have quite a few people under my license mm -hmm. uh, spread out across the state, and uh, that's predominantly to reach out to people that that you know that I can train and mentor, sure. and uh, use for things that are in other parts of the state. Right. Or if I have a case that needs to be reviewed, I can send it to them and uh, uh, have them analyze certain aspects of it, give me feedback. Yeah. Uh, so but I have a core group of about three people here and, um, uh, and, and I, I, I've got a great, a great staff. So I'm yeah. blessed. So what, what part of Texas is, is here for you? What's, what's your main location? I'm actually, uh, in the Austin Metro area. I, okay. I, my office is in a little community bedroom community of Austin called right. Leander. L-E-A-N-D-E-R. And it's uh, it's probably one of the fastest growing. A couple of years ago, it was the fastest growing metro area under 100,000 population in the U.S. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 growing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my uh, trip out to Nally, you know, the, the uh, San Antonio conference was actually my first trip to Texas where I, I, I didn't hop on a plane and go somewhere else. So I got a chance to to see the state a little bit. And God, it's so big. It's huge. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it is huge. In fact, yeah. it's it's so big that, you know, I'm licensed in Louisiana and I live in Alabama. So a lot of times when I'm coming from Alabama or back from Louisiana, heading into Texas, you know, the, the first sign that you the first mileage sign you see that says 
you know, El Paso, 839 miles. And um, it, it's, you know, it takes a couple days to get through Texas just about. Oh, easily. easily. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a quite a large yeah. piece of property. Yeah, I, I loved it. I had a great uh, a great trip there, and uh, I'll definitely be back. I'm well. I mean, I know I'll be back because I'm going to Fort Worth to the Nally Conference or the uh, Tally Conference uh, next month. So oh, good. yeah, I'll be back again. They, Texas got me quick, <laughs> so um, it, it's good, man. That's good. It's good that you have a, a network of people that you trust to uh, that you're able to handle things like that. And one of the things I, I learned about Texas is this whole mentoring program, right? To to become a private investigator. You essentially have to mentor with somebody, right? You got to work under their license and uh, put, put the uh, put the experience in, right? Well, there's two ways to be to, to 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 become a PI in Texas. You can be a a what we call a uh, a registrant, which is uh, anyone that uh, you don't have to have any skill set uh, or any experience to become a PI, right? But but to, you, to, to, in order to be a company owner and a business manager for a for a PI company, you have to you have to meet certain minimum qualifications. Right. And uh, if you don't meet those, then you go to the next level of be, becoming what we call or what we used to refer to as a registrant. Right. So a registrant can be anyone, uh, mm-hmm. but but the actual license holder is a person that that meets the state's qualifications, you know, college degree, uh, former law enforcement experience or three or more years PI experience. Right. Uh, yeah. It's a little similar in New York. You got to have uh, three years experience, either law enforcement or working for an investigation company, to even be allowed to take the test. But right. once you take the test, there's no continuing education. So you're, as long as you can pay the fee to renew your license, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's something that, uh, as a state association, Aldenese in New York, we, we've we've tried to change it, um, but uh, then we got no traction on that. Uh, the oh, the only thing we, we were able to do is make it a, uh, a a class B misdemeanor to be practicing as a private investigator without actually being licensed. Uh, we had to settle on the misdemeanor. We we were shooting for a felony, but uh, that didn't work out either. Um, but uh, at least there's some sort of <laughs> checks and balances. Uh, in New York. So that's, uh, that's good stuff. So before we take the break, tell me uh, a little bit about this other program that you're involved with, um, the Alive program with uh, active shooters. So tell me a a bit about that. Well, Alive uh, is an acronym. uh, And it was the program, uh, Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program was created by a good friend of mine, Michael Julian out of California. Yeah, good guy. A lot of people here will know him. Yep. And uh, I was in his first class two years ago for uh, certifying uh, instructors to teach that uh, all over the country. And, uh, you know, I have a passion for personal security, uh, you know, know, awareness and uh, safety and handgun training. And um, so I I, being close to Mike and and following his uh, his career path pretty closely. Um, he invited me to attend his class and that was great because I, I, I teach firearms and firearm safety. And, uh, so it was right up my alley. And, uh, uh, the alive active shooter survival training program is probably one of the best programs I've seen. 
And uh, I shouldn't say probably, it is. It and is, right. Hands down. It, it, it goes so far in teaching people how to, how to survive an active shooter yeah. uh, situation. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have a misunderstanding about when, you, when they hear the word, word active shooter, um, you know, they, they just don't really understand what, what that means exactly other than a person, you know, in a high rise or an apartment or hotel in Las Vegas, for example, shooting yep. down on a crowd of people. Yep. Well, what this program does, it teaches people um, that are that are in the range of an active shooter, like at a school, a church, uh, an office building, a post office, uh, you know, any place. It, it teaches them very important techniques, fundamentals, uh, uh, and, and, and creates a mindset for people to, to survive. Sure. And, um, you know, the acronym is uh, uh, Assess, Leave, Impede, um, uh, Violence, and E is, is the last one is Escape. Yeah. So it gives you those, it breaks down each of those letters uh, of the acronym and, and teaches you how to, how to actually get out alive. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a phenomenal program. We have it online. If you're interested, I can put you in touch with uh, our link. Yep. It's very affordable. It's a wonderful program. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have a, a link to your contact information in the show notes. Uh, so folks can reach out. And uh, I, I met Mike a couple of years ago at a, um, a Cali event and uh, man, what a great guy. I really, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, just just really hit it off with him. I have tons of respect for him. His story of how he got into the business is pretty amazing too. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that program that he's got, it's, it's respectable. Um, and I, I encourage folks, if you have any interest in that stuff to go check it out. So, okay, so we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back in, we're, we're gonna talk about forensics and uh, how it relates to all different types of investigations. That was something that was very eye-opening to me uh, during your, your presentation in San Antonio. Uh, you figure it's just, uh, these are the criminal cases. This is the only thing that's good for. Uh, but really, if you do any type of investigative work, you know, you really should be considering forensics and even uh, upselling your, your clients on the idea of doing forensic work on your investigative work. So everybody sit tight. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Are you overwhelmed with your current case load? Could you use some help with your skip trace assignments? With Merlin Locate Services, rather than adding staff, you can add an entire skip trace department of licensed private investigators who specialize in skip tracing. Check out MerlinLocate.com today. When you work with Merlin Locate Services, you bring on a valuable experience and trusted extension to your team. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Have you heard about this year's PFIC conference? If you're into cell phone forensics or want to learn more about the world of DFIR, this is the place to be. The conference takes place in Salt Lake City, Utah from September 14th to the 16th. You could attend this event live or virtually 
the content from this event will be available until the end of 2021. Learn more at pfic-conference.com. The surveillance issue for PI Magazine is here, so make sure you check out all the great content available in this special edition, online or via hard copy, today. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, we're here with Mark Gillespie. Mark is the forensics expert, in my opinion. Mark, I want to welcome you back to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Matt. Okay, so Forensics 101, because this is episode 101. So let's just start off with the basics, and then let's let's grind in and dig down a little bit deeper. So before the break, I kind of teased it a little bit about uh, you're doing forensic work for criminal cases. And that's that's really, when you, when you think about it, that's CSI and all this stuff, and this is how it all, all comes in. So why don't you break it down for me a little bit? Well, first of all, let's gain a very simple understanding of what forensic is. Forensic is nothing more than the application of science to law, to our mm -hmm. justice system. Right. Forensic sciences has a very, very rich history dating back literally several hundred years. Every day we're seeing advancements in the forensic science disciplines, which are just phenomenal. Right. Especially in, in DNA technology, uh, DNA analysis, tools to, you know, investigate and process crime scenes. Sure. Uh, collection of evidence, things of that nature. So uh, but when most people think of forensics, they think of a criminal case, you know, somebody doing something very terrible to another person right. that creates and leaves a lot of evidence at a very gruesome crime scene. Well, what we find are a lot of PIs, they, they, they have in their mind this very narrow focus of forensics. And they think of, like I just mentioned, they think of criminal cases. Right. So you may have a lot of PIs that, that don't do criminal cases. So they, their forensics is kind of out of sight, out of mind, right. uh, not even considered. Well, forensics and the use of forensic disciplines uh, can cross the bridge to many, many different investigative areas, uh, probate cases, civil cases, uh, and not just, not just criminal investigations. Right. So yep. I think people need to, it's a, it's, it's sort of a paradigm shift. They need to kind of expand their, 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 their thinking to consider forensics in, in all aspects of their, their, their PI work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you start talking about, you know, um, forensics with accounting, right? Certified fraud examiner. That that's an example right there. Forensics with computers, you know, obviously yeah. that that's a whole, uh, can of worms too, but even a forensics behind like accident reconstruction and things like that, right. Being able to identify things that are going to be important for a reconstructionist, um, to be able to put that science behind, you know, whatever it is they're doing. So like, for instance, if you're an investigator, I mean, you're not necessarily an accident reconstructionist, being able to identify the things that an accident reconstructionist would need by the time they get on site there. Uh, cause often you may be the first person out there before, um, the, the, uh, accident reconstructionist makes it there. Right. So, you know, being able to measure folds of metal on a, on a vehicle, that's important stuff, right? Uh, points Absolutely. of impact, 
um, you know, showing what the uh, interior of the vehicle looked like, uh, whether or not a speedometer was frozen at a particular, you know, at, at the point of impact or, or things like that. Like these are all important things, you know, on the, on the forensic side that, that you might not think about. Right. But uh, when it comes down to it later, these are really important aspects to, to a particular case. Absolutely. You know, when we, when we talk about forensics, uh, like I said, PIs, PIs need to kind of open, broaden their, their uh, field of vision to uh, utilizing forensics more. Uh, as PIs, wh- what do we do as PIs? We basically gather information. Yeah. You know, we talk, to, we talk to people. Yeah. Uh, we write reports, but we have an objective in mind to, to solve a problem, solve an issue. So if they look at every aspect of what is involved to to solve an issue, to solve a problem, consider what can forensics do to enable me to, you know, to, to take steps to solve that problem. Right, to answer the question, definitely. You know, it's, it's not just, you know, trying to solve a, you know, a, a, a death scene. Yeah. or an accident or a, a building collapse. It could be, it could be something like you said before, you know, forensic accounting, somebody right. who is, uh, you know, doctoring the books, uh, you know, someone who is uh, taking money from the cash register or a tip jar or, yep. you know, a, a pet thief, you know, so there are different ways to go about, solving solving any problem Um, and if they just start thinking more about the forensic how how can forensic science be applied to that problem yeah i I think they they'd be surprised look at you throwing out ace ventura in there way to go (laughs) (laughs) pet detective (laughs) ace ventura and forensics who would have ever thought right yeah exactly Oh man, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, and I think your point before with surrogates too, right? So that's, you know, answering those questions, right? How are these people related, uh, and, and being able to, to solve that issue. I had, uh, Ari Morse on earlier this year and uh, man, that's, that's some really interesting stuff, you know, and, uh, I, I know I saw something on, on LinkedIn, I think a day or two ago with, uh, James Brown, estate right 15 years and they finally <laughs> agreed on it and i was like uh yeah we did some work on this that i can't talk about <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah very cool stuff very cool shout out to uh ari i know he's a good listener so that's uh, right <laughs> yeah we'll have you on again soon buddy <laughs> but um yeah it's it's really cool and, and there are different aspects to it right and i think you get you do get caught up in the the, okay, so forensics is just I got to get those fingerprints back and and you know show who was at the site or or we got to look at the ballistics of of uh, you know the recovered bullet and and uh, you know look at it that way. But it, it's so much more than that. So, what would you suggest to the like the regular investigator who uh, gets an assignment, a new case uh, that they're working on? Like, how could they approach this more uh, on a forensics way? I mean, I look at it in my opinion here is like methodology, right? Having the check sheet and being able to to look at things. But what would you suggest to just the the everyday guy who's out in the field to keep an eye open for for forensics issues where they could really dig into and and maybe kick up some more information? Well, you know, that's an excellent question. And um, 
I guess the best way to answer it would be just keep an open mind. Take something and look at, you know, what what's the cause and effect relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at if, if you're looking at something that that you can touch, feel, uh, you know, see, smell, you, you know, there's probably a forensic application that that can help answer questions related to those things. Right. Um, so I, I think if they, if they look at a case um, through the, the filter, you know, put, put the, the, the glasses on that have the, this forensic filter and start to think about how can forensics solve my problem? How can forensic science get me more information that will lead to a resolution of this case, whatever the case may be? Right, right. You start uh, th- start thinking about Sherlock Holmes, right? The the the, the Benedict uh, Cumberbatch uh, version of it, right, where he's sizing things up and going through the science behind everything and 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 you know positing theories and then trying to prove them, right? That's that's absolutely. how we do do what we do, right? Rule things out, and it'll lead you to the truth, right? Exactly. And you, you just said a phrase that, you know, l- l- look at things kind of in a scientific fashion. Don't just look at things uh, in black and white. Look at things and, 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 and think about what what's the science? What 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 is the science behind a certain thing that just happened? Or, right. uh, you know, I, I think if you start to think. You know, like I said, open your mind more to uh, looking at things from a scientific view, yeah. uh, regardless of what the what the the problem is you're trying to solve. I, I think you'll 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 surprise yourself. Yeah, it's so important in what we do, and I, and I reflect back to some of the the really good attorneys I worked with very early on in my career. Um, I, I recall like being in one of the guy's office and he's got all these medical charts and medical books and, and, you know, he's, he's basically pretty much a doctor without a doctor's license because he understands, you know, the mechanics of an injury and the ongoing effects. And, and, you know, if somebody's got a herniated disc, like how is that going to affect them for the rest of their life? You know, like they have to learn all that stuff because when they're in front of a jury and they're talking about it, they got to be knowledgeable (laughs) just to like throw out assumptions like there's the science behind it and then you know also when it comes to uh the mechanics of an accident right whether it could be a trip and fall or a, a motor vehicle accident you know it's so important to ask those questions when somebody trips like was it your right foot was it your left foot did you fall to your right side did you fall backwards did you fall to your left side did you put your hands out on your way down you know like just understanding how you're going to reconstruct how that injury happened. Right. And that's all science. I mean, there, there's literally science behind it and it's got to all make sense. Right. So if somebody tells you like they tripped with their, you know, or they stumbled with their left foot and then, you know, they fell to their right side, you know, okay, well there's, there's, there's something else happened here. Right. Did they stumble or did they fall right to the ground? Like the way you ask your questions, the way you, you if you're, if you know what to ask, you, you'll get the right answers that are going to put the mechanics of how it happened together. Does that make sense? hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it, it, that's what makes us good at, at what we do, being able to identify, um, you know, that kind of stuff and just, uh, you know, that comes with experience, right? 
you know, working with an investigator or taking a training class and understanding, you know, how do I, how do I ask the right questions to, to get them where they need to be? I know a couple of weeks ago I had on a guy who does construction litigation, an attorney, and we were talking about labor law, right? So understanding the labor law and the things that you need to hit, the certain uh, aspects, uh, if you can get that in your investigation, the odds of them having summary judgment and not having to go out and litigate and have a big, long lawsuit are that much stronger because you've done what was required very early on, right? Um, and these are, these are all great things, you know? Um, you know, I, I created uh, that PowerPoint presentation, uh, Advancing Your Investigation Through Forensic Science. Uh, I created it a couple years ago uh, when I was asked to speak at the Alabama PI Association conference. And uh, they didn't ask me to create that, but I just, I just thought, okay, what, you know, you, you, utilizing my experience and my expertise, what, what do PIs really need to know about forensic science? Because I, I also have another very popular presentation. It's called, uh, uh, it's basically junk science you know, what PIs and attorneys need to know about forensic science. Right. Um, so I put together that presentation that I gave at NALI. Um, and, and, and after my presentation at the uh, Alabama conference, people came up to me and, and, and even during the, the question and answer session, they, it, just, it just opened their mind to things they had never thought about. And when you think about it, it's it's a very simple uh, thing, but sometimes we just have these blockers in our mind that just don't allow us to, you know, see over the see over the wall and see the other side. So, right. um, so I, I I felt really good that you know, gosh, I I did something that people enjoyed, people liked, and and it opened their eyes and. Um, and so people just start taking off these blinders and these mental blockers uh, as they approach their work. I think I think they'll be very surprised at what they can do and yeah and the and the kind of support they can give to their clients and attorneys and their customers. Yeah, and sometimes it's a matter of just untraining bad habits, you know, that you, you you develop uh, in whatever career you had prior. Or, or, or you have no habits because you're brand new <laughs> to the, you know, to the game here and you're learning how to do stuff. But um, that's, right. you know, that's why these association events are so, so important because it not only is it just the, uh, the presentation that you gave, right? It's the Q and A afterwards, right? The ability to, to have those conversations and it's the, Hey, we're all going out to dinner. Why don't you come along? And, and now it's that extended, you know, um, sitting down and, and, and getting to know the topic or, or having that discussion uh, on a whole nother scale. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in that stuff. And it, it's always a struggle, especially if you're a small shop. Like, do I take the time off? You know, do I spend the money to go to these things? You know, the answer is always yes. On this stuff. Oh, absolutely. You're yeah. right. Yeah, it's really uh, it's a uh, it's a game changer. So is there a particular case or something that you worked on um, that, that, you, that you can talk about um, that was kind of like a surprise to you that the way it ended up was not the way you initially had thought it, it was going to happen? Well, I, in criminal defense, you get a lot of those anyway. Right. Um, you, you know, you have uh, clients that 
you know, are denying that they did something and you're representing them. Um, and they, you know, they repeatedly lie to your face and tell you one story, but uh, many times the, you know, the science, the forensics, uh, you know, tells a completely different story. So when you, right. when you try to, to break the news to them that, well, I don't think it happened just the way you're telling me it happened. Um, you know, they, they have a, a hard time hearing that, but, yeah. and sometimes they, they come down off, off that. Some of them, you know, they continue to, to live in denial, right. um, which is understandable, but uh, you know, Matt, there's, there's just, a, there's a, Gosh, there's just so many cases that I can't, I don't know that I can really narrow it down to one or two, but um, I think that that uh, some of the interesting cases I've had that that have really helped me quite a bit on on uh, uh, getting people, you know, def defending them and and creating reasonable doubt, right? Um, and in some cases, getting them acquitted is uh, uh, so through cell phone forensics. You know, it's just amazing how one little piece of the technology called, you know, our, our cell phone, yeah. how it can just unlock the doors to so much information. It's only getting, uh, only getting bigger, right? So the whole internet of things and, and, and every, thing in front of us has a brain these days and is, oh, is recording and reporting. Right. So, right. so, so and, scary, I, right? and I think the, the ability to, to track the movement of a cell phone, you know, throughout a geographic area yeah. as is just an incredibly helpful, both to prosecute crimes and to, and to defend people commit, you know, yeah. who are charged with crimes. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've had some pretty good, we've had some pretty good successes with uh, cell phone technology, uh, especially in, in, in tracking movements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just, uh, we just had Amber Schroeder on from Paraben our last uh, episode and uh, you know, the whole cell phone forensics and, and her company and the stuff that they do is uh, it's pretty amazing. And it just, it, it, it doesn't stop, you know, there's always a, a new release and something, uh, you know, additional coming out. Now we've got, we were talking about uh, windows 11 coming out, right. And all these, uh, uh, the ability to network and connect every single device you own to one hub, uh, and, and how that should make every investigator like salivate <laughs> who's doing oh, this type of research. You know, right it's, now. it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It literally and, does. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, these, these people that we defend that, you wonder, you know, man, if you just had not taken your cell phone uh, with you when when that happened, you you wouldn't be, you probably wouldn't be sitting right here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a it's an invaluable tool. Yeah, yeah. It uh, helps you figure out exactly what happened. Definitely for sure. That's uh, it's good stuff. And and who knows what the next thing is going to be, right? Yeah. Uh, there'll be microchips implanted in people probably, <laughs> you know, right. keeping track of everyone. <laughs> but that's, that's a different story for a different day. Um, so let's talk now to the an investigator that's been in business for 10 years or 15 years um, and doesn't really 
grasp this idea or, or and you hasn't really fulfilled it to the ability that they can. What, what kind of advice would you give to that particular person um, to really take a look at, at what they're doing and how they're doing and making sure that they're you know, doing everything that they possibly could, could be doing? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, Matt, is pick up the phone and call me. Pick up the phone and call someone who uh, is experienced in, in forensics or, or who has, uh, you know, conducted a, a, a similar investigation. Right. You know, as PIs, uh, you find a lot of people that just don't like to reach out to other people for advice or guidance or with, you know, with questions because I think they let their pride or their ego get in the way. And, um, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I'm just saying that, you know, many times we find people that just don't like to answer, ask questions because they're afraid of what people might think of them. Sure. Uh, and I think one of the, one of the greatest tools we have in our investigators toolbox is state associations, professional sure. associations, networking, uh, list serves, uh, you know, there is just, that's just a, an incredible way to, to, to get answers to, to questions. So I think yeah. people just, uh, you know, once they have a case and they, and, 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 and they haven't thought outside the box much in their, their, their career, especially right. in terms of forensics, ask the question, send it, yep. send an email, yep. put, put a question on a list, give me a call, give, you know, I could list probably a half dozen people that that would be very willing to take a call and yeah. provide any any advice and guidance that anyone may have. Yeah, that's why those listservs for like NALI and NCISS are so so important. Um, and, and even you know, I mean, you'll get some repeat questions every now and then. Um, but but people have grace and they answer the questions and, the, and they don't tell them like, oh, you know, asked and answered already. <laughs> you know, like that's right. It's a good uh, it's a good environment. But, you know, the resource tools that are out there are um, are great. I mean, that's you're saying investigators toolbox. You know, that's the genesis the idea of of that that toolbox thing that I created. Right. Taking all this information and putting right. it, you know, in a library, making it searchable and, and, and being able to have those tools at your hand um, is uh, it, it's a great thing. And really, um, you know, we have all this technology. We have this ability to do it. Why not? harness it, um, make it available for everybody and make it searchable and just easy to find um, and create that community where there is, um, you know, people that are interested in helping one another. Cause that, that's a new shift, right? That's, that's maybe seven or eight years on people doing it. It used to be in the good old days. It's like, no, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'll do it for you, but I'm not going to tell you how I do it. Right. Um, that attitude changed and it, it changed because of folks like you going to, out to conferences and giving these dynamic presentations and saying, I'm, you know, I have this pedigree and I'm going to teach you how to do what I do. Right. You know, folk, folks like that are invaluable, you know, and it, it, it's having that understanding that it, it's our responsibility to um, raise up the people underneath us, the people that are coming behind us to make sure that, that the level of excellence is, is maintained. Right. When you're, getting a little bit uh, long in the tooth, uh, like, like you and I have <laughs> been around for a bit, we have a responsibility. I mean, we really do, you know, to pass 
these nuggets along to our industry and make sure that you know these folks that are now getting into the, doing this are, are, are being shown and taught the right way to do things so um that's what i love about this industry because i feel like there's there's really a shift that folks are doing that now well you know i know you've seen the type of people i'm about to describe to you but it just amazes me when you meet people uh, in this profession uh, that are not involved with state associations or national associations. They just, you know, they just operate their business out of their home or out of a, out of an office, and they're they're a small little island, and they don't reach out to anyone, and they don't they don't feel a need. Uh, to be involved in a state association. Mm -hmm. Well, just think how, how much valuable information and resources that, that they are, that they're bypassing, yeah. that, that they're not being exposed to. Yeah. And it's incredible. And when I see people like that, regardless of what their experience is or what their expertise is, I just have to say, boy, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not taking advantage of, of, of a great opportunity to learn something and, and to share with other people that, you know, just like me and you and thousands of others that, uh, yeah. that rely on, on networking and associations. It's, it's so, it's so important. You know, the pastor at my church, um, was talking years ago, he had given a sermon I thought was really, really funny. He talks about men and I'm going to single out men. We're going to leave ladies alone today. It's that, that uh, us men, we like to live in a box right? We all live in a box. As long as we're staying in our box and we're comfortable with the things that are in our box and doing our box, like we're, we're good. We don't need to do anything else, but it's sometimes you got to get out of that box, right? You got to push yourself uh, to get better and get out of your comfort zone and really, you know, um, embrace these different things because, you know, at, you know, at the end of the day, most of us are business owners, right? We, we have our, our operations that we're running um, or we're working for somebody uh, where if we clear more cases, we'll probably make more money, right? So what it comes down to is it's a financial thing, right? If you take that interest in being the very best at what you're doing and making yourself better, you're going to get more work. You're going to get more cases. You're going to get a good reputation. People are going to refer work to you. Um, if you're working for somebody, you're probably going to get a raise because you're now generating more income for the business. Um, so it's good to get out of that box. It's good to push yourself. And it's, it's so important to do things like this. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, okay. So we're going to wind down over here, Mark. This was really, really awesome. I, uh, I was very excited to have you on actually, because uh, I, I just think it's, it's fantastic. You know, the, the stuff that you've done, uh, the things that you've taught about, um, thank you for serving our country as well. Um, that's an amazing thing. Uh, anybody who who has set aside and done that, I got tons and tons of respect for that. I think it's really, really awesome. And, I appreciate uh, it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, it's good stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. And uh, if folks have questions, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they can uh, go to my website, uh, Gillespie Forensics, or excuse me, it's GillespieInvestigations.com. Right. The name of my company is Gillespie Forensics and Investigations. Yeah. Um, you can call me at my, on my, uh, cell phone at 737-231-2696, I believe, or, um, or they can reach out to me, um, uh, send me an email, mark at gillespieinvestigations.com. 
right? Somewhere, uh, somewhere out there, Paul Jabe is uh, shaking his fist and going, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> but hey, I, I want to thank you for for um, all the things that you're doing. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, thank you. You know, you're 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 the the idea and the the execution of that idea into the uh, what, what the investigators toolbox uh, is phenomenal. And thank you. And and that's that's showing that you are you are very giving and you are selfless and you're thinking uh, thinking about advancing our profession and, and, and advancing the abilities and resources of, of the people that, that do this day in and day out. And so that's, you're to be commended for that. And I, I appreciate, appreciate that, what you do. And, and I just hope that um, many, many people out there can link up with you and, and take advantage of, of the invaluable resource that you provide. Uh, it's, it's a tremendous idea and yeah. it's a tremendous resource. And I too am looking forward to, to digging into that toolbox to, to uh, look for the tool that I need that, yeah. uh, that I haven't been able to find before. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm very humbled. Um, and thank you by the way, for all that stuff there really, it's, uh, you know, it, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, I'm very humbled by the folks that are involved in the project and that have contributed um, and with content and just support and, and really, you know, um, the idea was there, how it all came together is, is really amazing. And, um, I'm really proud of it and it's not me. It's, it's our community. Just all I'm doing is just taking everybody and putting it in one place, the content, you know, the, the way it, it, it functions is because of folks like you and, and others that, that contribute and are, are part of it. Right. That's the whole spirit of, of what it is. So I'm just a guy who, who figured out how to put it in one place, but the content is, is all folks like you. So, um, well, you should be proud of that. So yeah. you're a man of action. So good. good job. <laughs> right. Please tell my wife that. <laughs> that would do uh, Send me your cell phone. Number. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Mark, thank you so much. This was great. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks in, uh, in Texas again, my new home from home. This was great. So thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch everybody on the next episode. Take care. Thank you. What a great time chatting with Mark. He has such an amazing career. And if you don't follow him on LinkedIn, you should. Just an incredible wealth of information. We also like to thank Cross Tracks, Merlin Locate, the I Institute of Education, EFIC, and Tally for sponsoring the show. Please support these great sponsors of ours. Have you checked out investigatorstoolbox.com yet? Now's the time to do it. Make sure you use code PIP201836 and save $20 when you join. Become a member through the app, available on iOS and Android platforms. If you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. He'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back on Monday with a new show, so make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.